Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 421-2017. Hi Alex, how are you this evening? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so what is new and exciting? Lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's new and exciting about vaping? Um, well, I'll get the easy stuff out of the way. Um, I sent an update out today to folks in Alaska. Senate Bill 63 is going to yet another committee hearing. Um, there were lots of comments uh, on this bill. Um, for those that don't know, SB 63 is essentially expanding the state's indoor clean air law to prohibit smoking in bars and restaurants and a lot of places where um, smoking was smoking prohibition was sort of voluntary or they could at least have a smoking section. Mm -hmm. um, and it also includes e-cigarette, the use of e-cigarettes in their smoking definition. Nice. Um, so there's been a lot of comments about separating vapor products from the definition um, of smoking and certainly a lot of comments about bars, um, lots of rural space in Alaska and right. um, certainly plenty of opportunities for people to not hang out in an establishment where smoking is allowed if they, right. if they want that. So mm -hmm. um, uh, anyway, it's uh, going back to a committee hearing on Tuesday at 8 a.m. And okay. uh, I'm, I'm not entirely certain uh, if they still have some public testimony that they need to get through or uh, if they're just going to talk about it, consider amendments and, uh, and vote on it. Okay. Um, amendments to the bill are due Monday morning. Um, okay. And uh, I, I, I hope that someone will be proposing an amendment to separate vapor from, from the bill at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that. And we have our engagement up urging people to send emails. Okay. Um, the other not so simple thing, but it's just legislation um, Oregon has a tobacco 21 bill that is moving right along. It's, it's gone through the Senate and now it is in the house, okay. um, the house committee on healthcare. Okay. And, uh, this is Senate bill 754, mm -hmm. um, tobacco 21. So it raises the age to purchase cigarettes and vapor products and all tobacco products from 18 to 21. Okay. Uh, and this has a hearing on, um, on Monday, the 24th. Okay. Um, if you live in Oregon, you got an alert from us and there are Oregon vapor advocacy people who are, uh, a part of this. And I, I took some time last night and reviewed, um, the committee hearing from back in February. And, uh, there was some, some good testimony from some, um, some folks that own shops, work in shops, uh, you know, if this law passes, they're going to have to fire people that are under the age of 21. Um, and of course, you know, I, I was impressed to hear stories from people that were between the ages of 18 and 21 who, you know, they picked up smoking as a young person and, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't, they didn't fake their way through purchasing cigarettes. Right. Um, nowadays it's 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 pretty difficult to do um mm -hmm. you know clerks are supposed to card people that look under the age of 27 right um you know when i was coming up there wasn't as strict enforcement so when i was 16 years old 
Um, you know, I always felt like I was sort of qualifying my age by pulling up in a car and, mm. you know, whatever I was tall. So right. maybe I could pass for 18 and I did for, um, for a couple of years. Right. Well, that's between the ages of 16 and 18. Um, right. and if I ever got carded, I would say, Oh, whoops, I left my ID at home. You know, like it, it's, it wasn't hard. Um, and also my dad smoked, so I was able to steal cigarettes from him. And right. that's what I think a lot of young people who, uh, you know, the most vulnerable young people are the ones who have parents or close family members or friends that smoke. Sure. Um, it is essentially unbridled access to cigarettes. And so there were several stories like that. This was, you know, people that, that got up and said, I started stealing cigarettes from my grandmother. Um, you know, and, and raising the purchase age to 21 does nothing, nothing to keep those cigarettes out of the hands of young people. It right. is far more reasonable to not treat electronic cigarettes as if they were regular cigarettes mm -hmm. and encourage people to switch to a smoke-free product. Um, that That is going to offer more protection to young people living with parents that smoke than demonizing vapor products right. um, and, and regulating them just like cigarettes. So um, yeah, it was good to hear that testimony and there was lots of weird other testimony that was offered. Um, there was a woman that uh, basically just, you know, drank the UCSF Kool-Aid and, talked about the gateway effect as if it's a proven fact um which it's not and the, the data doesn't show that and if you yeah. read any of the studies coming out of ucsf um i mean i'm kind of surprised that you know if, if ucf sf does studies on like fish i'm kind of surprised that they don't mention the p potential gateway between smoke-free products and cigarettes um <laughs> but you know, Water, smoke-free products and cigarettes, they're all tied in together somehow. Yeah, like <laughs> if your fish was thinking about cigarettes, then if you eat that fish, vapor products are likely to be a gateway. That's <laughs> kind of like, you know, it, that that's the quality of science that they're doing there, you know, when they're talking about young people transitioning. Right. Um, in several of the studies that I've looked at and other, you know, people who are actually qualified have looked at, you look at the data, Mm -hmm. and you look at the conclusion and they don't match up. It's, it's a, there's a data set there. First of all, can't show that there is, you know, there's no longitudinal data showing transition to combusted tobacco. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get to the conclusion and there are qualifiers are the very important qualifier. And yep. that is may or might, there is no definitive proof anywhere yeah. in that study no. or the discussion that would would lead anyone to say no, these products definitely are a gateway and you always see them say stuff like we modified for this we modified for that uh, especially if you read a study through to its entirety you'll see that they modified the data sets a bunch of times to get the conclusion they wanted it's yeah. um it's very it's not science that's replicatable therefore it's not science do you know what i mean that that's the thing you have to be able to like replicate what you've done and yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's, you know, it's the same tactic of, you know, let's trot out the children and make this sound um, more credible than it actually is. And, mm -hmm. and, and let's, let's foment some fear. And, um, you know, it, this is, you know, ultimately, I think Tobacco 21 isn't going to make that big of a difference. And it's going to keep these groups in business for a while. So yeah. um, it's a great, the it's goal a great for marketing them. scheme. It's the goal for them. Yeah. So, um, yep, that's Tobacco 21. Um, okay. And uh, people in Oregon, please, please take action over the weekend and send in a bunch of emails. Right. Um, and also plan to show up at the hearing. Um, I believe this one's at three o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Um, so, you know, a good showing of, of solidarity there would be, would be wonderful. Even if you don't yeah. plan to testify, um, yes. just showing up and, and supporting the people that are, uh, is great. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are the pieces of legislation that I have on my list. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm missing something. I am, however, following SB1 in uh, Indiana. I don't have like the live stream of the votes, right. but uh, SB1 in Indiana is apparently moving right along. And um, this uh, this is good news for Indiana. Right. So uh, I don't have a vote tally for you at this time, but it suffice to say that uh, it, it looks like it's going to pass. Okay. Um, I hate saying that because somebody's going to chime in later and be like, nope, we got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how is the Tobacco 21 thing going where Margo lives? Um, well, I, I don't know. I would be, um, I, I know that uh, there are some folks. Oh, wait, did I, did I miss, do I have, am I missing time? <laughs> I know that folks were going to get together uh okay. this the past uh in, in the past week or this past weekend um right. and uh discuss um what they needed to do and, and get in touch with people i know that i helped right. um I, I i think maybe it's this weekend um I, I helped with writing a letter for 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 them to pass out and have people sign and send into city council members right. um it, it's still you know, there's no definite date for when this proposal was going to head to council. So, um, and, and it sounds like they're going to start with an indoor use ban. Um, so it, it, it's good that, that, you know, people like Margot are, are paying attention to local events and are able to, um, you know, get in early and start communicating with, with local lawmakers. So yeah. hopefully that makes a difference. And, um, you know, my, my only update is, is that uh, uh, the, the local the local folks are are I think trying to rally some support nice. um, and uh, and hopefully defeat this thing. So, awesome. um, but yeah, I'll be keeping in communication with Margot and and help out where we can. Uh, you know, we have some powerful tools at our disposal. So, um, you know, as things progress, we'll we'll be there right alongside them. Um, yeah. So now on to the more somewhat complicated or ridiculous stuff. Um, okay, I just got your message. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, 
I, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I'll have to check in with Margo and see about what's going on Monday morning. Okay. Um, the, uh, so uh, the past few days, you may have seen a press release from um, Malia Cohen, a uh, city supervisor. She's on the board of supervisors in San Francisco. Okay. And um, she is proposing an all-out flavor ban in the city. Um, and she of course, great idea. yeah, novel, novel idea. Uh, the, the headline here is that she's even going after menthol, uh, which no one has ever done. Um, and, and, you know, in, in researching a couple of things, um, you know, people should be reminded that campaign for tobacco free kids actually <laughs> argued against banning menthol at one point. Yes, um, I believe during, during the stages of the tobacco control act. Yeah. They and... said it would create a black market. I believe was one of their arguments. Wow. Novel uh, observation yes. there. Yes. Um, and they also argued in favor of the 2007 predicate date. Um, which we're, we're dealing with the same kind of situation now in that if, if, if campaign for tobacco free kids is concerned about creating a black market, then they should actually be behind modernizing the predicate date for vapor products. Um, uh, which, you know, obviously they're not because they are, we'll get to that later with the, with New York, but so, um, there are flavor bands popping up all over California. I just heard about a fourth one, uh, this afternoon. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> so th this flavor ban would basically wipe out the vapor industry in, uh, San Francisco and, uh, would only allow the sale of tobacco, regular tobacco flavored stuff. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, being in San Francisco and, and, um, they're a very diverse population and of course the epicenter of, uh, well, actually I think. I think the epicenter of the gay rights movement is at the Stonewall in New York City, but um, uh, San Francisco being very, very closely associated with the LGBTQ community, um, uh, the LGBT community and uh, the African-American community, uh, Asian-American community, all right. of these groups have disproportionately higher smoking rates. Um, than uh, the rest of the general population. And of course, all of those groups are very well represented in, in San Francisco. Um, of course, uh, Supervisor Cohen is failing to acknowledge that prohibiting the sale of flavored vapor products or other flavored low-risk smoke-free products um, would actually have the practical effect of harming those populations. So um, <clears throat> this is something that we're, we're keeping very close eye on. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, yeah. Got to take a sip of water there. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the uh, uh, and uh, Jennifer Berger Coleman, who's on our board of directors, is uh, yes. and and of course she's our our, our community outreach director. Mm -hmm. um, will be um, I think engaging on this on a very personal level. So um, mm -hmm. we're we're going to get as involved as we can on, on the San Francisco flavor ban. Awesome. Um, awesome. Mostly because, you know, generally speaking, you know, and we can start with talking about tobacco 21. We can start talking about just about any of this, you know, um, 
legislate non bullshit legislation when <laughs> they start trotting out the kids that's one thing okay that's i think i i'm still waiting for a time when we all just kind of become a bit um uh not tone deaf but uh when that when that ploy you know stops having such an impact on people right it, it, so that's one thing that's to be expected but now mm -hmm. now you're involving other groups and and these these folks are not to them it's a soundbite no. and they're they're using these people as pawns and they know that they can score political points with it mm -hmm. the statistics are there it supports part of their argument Right. but they're really just this is so so premature mm -hmm. and um and and ultimately i i i think they're harming these people i mean it, yeah. it's true for you know i don't know average america you know that that misinformation about these products is harmful but it's especially true it, it is especially more vital that these vulnerable populations have access to smoking alternatives mm -hmm that you know i mean it really is it's 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 even more life or death for right. for these groups um mm -hmm. and and i think we're going to see a lot more about that coming out in the, in the coming weeks and months so stay, stay well, tuned kids i mean honestly just truthful information about the risks would be huge yeah yeah and exactly that's that's the sad part you you're handicapped on all sides with that yeah which is a shame. So, um, moving from the left coast to the east coast, um, New York is going to be a big thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've 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 seen Bill uh, De Blasio has a that's a real interesting uh, perspective he's got. Yeah, this is this is I mean, this is actually very California esque um yes. what they're proposing. Um mm -hmm. I think Philadelphia also had a proposal like this. I, I don't know where it is, but um the uh New York City Council will be uh, actually there's a committee that's gonna be right. looking at this next week on the twenty seventh. Um the the bill that concerns us is uh I guess it's interim number or introduction number. I don't know what the INT stands for, okay. uh, but it's 1532, 1532. Okay. And this is a licensing bill that is specific mm -hmm. to vapor retailers, e-cigarette yep. retailers. Yep. Now, before you get all excited and say, oh, well, it's great. They're, they're creating a separate <laughs> licensing scheme and, and they're not going to consider us tobacco. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> Settle down because you're already, it's, it's, you're already separated in the city code. E-cigarettes are defined separately from tobacco product. Mm -hmm. So that's already there. And you should be getting angry because this bill caps the licensing yes, in does. New York City. I I actually i know that you might think that that's going to limit your competition but what it really means is that within 90 days of passing this ordinance yep. if people don't have their license 
their application in to get their vapor shop license, mm -hmm. they're not going to get it ever yep. um, until yeah. the law is repealed. Yep. You have 90 days from passage to submit your applications to get a license. And then after that, they're not issuing any more licenses. And, exactly. and you don't get to transfer your license. So if somebody decides to go out of business, you, you get to go out of business is what you do. You don't get to sell your store. You don't get to sell your company. Um, I, you can bring in, I believe, you know, uh, partners who own a certain percentage of the, the company and they may be able to take over the license, but it's not transferable. You don't get to sell a vape shop license. This is part of an overall strategy to reduce the number of locations that sell tobacco products and vapor products. Yep. So, um, yes. it's not just a cap. It's, it's actually See, shut you down. You know, it's really funny. Um, we're talking about this license and about two or three weeks ago, I started noticing these stories where they said New York was oversaturated with tobacco sellers. They started like showing up in the press. I'm going, that's kind of weird. I don't think I've ever seen a study show that before. And then bam. There they are going to cap the vapor retailers. I think they're going to try to cap the tobacco retailers too, which I really Oh yeah, no, that, that, that's that's a separate that's bill. There's exactly three bills. It. Right. There's th there's three bills, and and mm -hmm. and and the the tobacco licensing is a separate bill. It's the same right. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they're already seeding the press with stories to put forward their own narrative, and you can usually see where legislation is going to go if you look at the news ahead of time enough. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 kind of, I mean, it's certainly faux outrage. I, I mean, if you've spent, you know, 10 minutes in New York City, then mm -hmm. you know, you know, there's bodegas everywhere and they sell right. cigarettes. I mean, it's not, it, it shouldn't be a shock. It's a very densely populated <laughs> area. Of course, right. there's, there's grocery stores on, you know, practically every corner, yeah. bodegas that sell, you know, stuff. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and tobacco happens to be one of those things. It's just, it, it, it's, you know, there's, there, there, I mean, maybe for, you know, as an economics person, somebody will say, well, no, actually there aren't, you know, it, it, uh, New York City isn't saturated with Starbucks, but, right. you know, it's New York City. There are Starbucks across the street from each other from in New York City. Yes. <laughs> because yep. if you've ever tried to cross the street in Manhattan, it can be kind of a pain in the ass. So right. why not just stick to your side of the street? <laughs> yep. Stage advice, Bill de Blasio. Um, so <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's going to be the big thing in New York. Um, right. It is it is outrageous. And, um, you know, Kasa and others, I'm sure we'll, we will be making that argument that awesome. um, you're essentially protecting cigarette sales. Um, yeah. Oh, and also, uh, the, 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 I mean, you know, <laughs> what's just completely mind blowing is that. Um, so it's it's a pretty well established fact, fact that um, over half the cigarette sales in the state of New York and certainly in New York City are. Right. Are, are they they happen on the black market sure um because uh, in case you've been living under a rock for the past five <laughs> years the cost of a pack of cigarettes in new york city is i believe already the highest in the country that's over um, ten dollars isn't it the the floor the the price floor the minimum price for a pack of cigarettes in new york city is ten dollars good god yeah um and then you know obviously the 
you know, you got to keep the lights on and there's, there's yeah. other, yeah, there's stuff. So it's, I mean, it's not uncommon to find a $12, $13 pack of cigarettes in New York City. I ran out of cigarettes one night when I lived in Bushwick and I had to walk down to the CVS when they mm -hmm. still sold cigarettes and it was $12 a pack. And that was, that was six years ago. So, That's you know, crazy. um, so now the minimum price is going to be raised to $13 because apparently the black market in New York City isn't big enough. Well, we um, want to see the laugh for Kurgan action. I, I, I guess they need to see it more in action. <laughs> I mean, well, they're going to be on par with Australia. What is it? Almost $25 for a pack of cigarettes there now? Okay. Well, Australia is yeah. in case, again, in case you've been living in a, under a rock forever and mm -hmm. are just geographically unaware. It's um, an island. Uh, it's Australia really hard is to get an to. island. <laughs> yes. yes, an island. So It's really hard to get to. And they, they have a counterfeit tobacco problem. Yeah, because well, we have, rate. I'm not sure. I, I know that Donald Trump is not aware of this, but I, I know <laughs> that, that there are a lot of people out there that are unfamiliar with modes of transportation, such as boats and airplanes. Um, so yes, that does happen in Australia even yeah. though it is an island, but it being an island, mm -hmm. extreme lifestyle control type policies um, actually are a bit more effective in places like that, but still boats and airplanes. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Manhattan is itself an, an island, right. um, but it's so close to New Jersey. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's like two dollars and well for a five dollar <laughs> trip on the path you know mm -hmm. you can you can come across the river and get your cigarettes um and and i encourage everyone in manhattan to buy your cigarettes in new jersey um just because the, the, the tax revenue shouldn't go to the city and they're still yeah. making money off the taxes so right. enjoy that um <laughs> so yeah new york city um and while while we're in the New York, the millionaire's paradise, um, <laughs> the New York Times editorial board oh, God, that put out a, a bit terrible. of a screed um, this screed. week screed. Um, and have <laughs> really said some very stupid things. Um, <laughs> yes. I... I have submitted my own letter to the editor, not, I, I, not really all that confident that it's going to get published. Um, but I, I will refrain from going into too much detail for, uh, because if you know your letters have to be exclusive to the New York Times, so um, if there is a chance of that being published, I should hopefully find out in the next what by middle of next week. Right. Um, I don't want to torpedo that opportunity to reach the readers of the New York times, but okay. there are some glaring inaccuracies with what they have said here. <laughs> and probably, probably one of the, one of the things that's just popping to, to my mind is, um, you know, this, this whole bullshit, I'm just going to go back to bullshit, okay. this bullshit about undermining the FDA's authority. <laughs> Yes. This is and and I'll and I'll go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna get tinfoil hat on everybody here, and I think it's. I, oh I yeah, think you're I'm, not at the wrong show for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I'm actually kind of right about this. So, okay. <clears throat> this weekend, 
mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to find out what's this weekend or early next week, we're going to find out whether or not the Cole Bishop amendment is in the budget bill. Okay. Um, the vote is coming up. Right. Sorry, another sip of water. Um, okay. We're either going to have a budget or we're going to get a continuing resolution for four to seven days. Okay. That being the case, it's sort of crunch time. And so all of the opponents to tobacco harm reduction mm-hmm. have really been ramping it up. And I believe that this New York Times editorial is part of that coordinated plan. Um, I believe that the editorial board was lobbied by um, people from Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids et al. Mm -hmm. And uh, they published this ridiculous opinion piece. Um, And and I would would like to clarify that, and, and I think that we have made this statement before, so this is not... Um, this is not new. Right. Um, one of the things that they say in here is that if, let's see, if the predicate date is changed, I'm mm-hmm. summarizing. Okay. If the predicate date is changed, then vapor companies will be able to market and sell their products to children. <laughs> No. I want to find the I want to find the quote because it really does sound that stupid. Okay. Well, I mean, and I read it and I was just angry. It just it made me angry. I mean, it's kind of funny because I can remember, and this might have no bearing on anything at all. You look for that quote and I'll tell my story. Mm -hmm. I can remember when Kevin was trying to start up the APA, right? Before Greg Connolly had come on board. And he had got a bunch of people to sign on and they were going to try to get good press. So they went to a couple of different, not ad agencies so much, but I I guess like ad agencies. And they all turned them down because they all get money from the government to um, fight against tobacco and from like the campaign for tobacco free kids to fight against it. So, I mean, there's a lot of money being poured into that sort of thing. And the government is essentially, we we know this too, paying towns and cities with all these grants to do this kind of thing. They're paying the activists, the quote-unquote activists, to do this stuff. So it's not unreasonable to think that these people don't have money to throw around. And I'm not saying that that's for sure what happened or that's what influenced the gray lady, but... um, you know, you've got to go with where the advertising dollars are. We don't really have the money to fight this. You know, we're just the little guy. It, it's kind of how it's always been. So I found the quote. Okay. And the reason it took me so long is because it's in the first paragraph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I want to I read the first paragraph to everybody in case you haven't read it. Um, because this is really the source of, of a lot of the inaccuracies. So as smokers turn to electronic cigarettes to reduce the health risks of smoking, mm-hmm. big tobacco companies started buying e-cigarette makers and producing and selling their own. Now those companies are lobbying Congress to prevent the Food and Drug Administration from regulating electronic cigarettes and cigars as it does conventional cigarettes. If they succeed, 
they will be able to sell and market addictive nicotine products to young people with few restrictions. <sighs> I want, I want everybody to understand the law of the land is you can't sell vapor products or tobacco products to anyone under the age of 18. Well, yeah, but and here's not, what... not only that, not only that, if you completely scrapped the FDA deeming rule, mm-hmm. 48 states prohibit the sale of these products to minors. And I think okay. Pennsylvania may have updated their, their code. Okay. Leaving so, Michigan as the only state that doesn't prohibit prohibit sales to minors. Okay. You can well, thank the American Heart Association for that. Okay. Well, um, again, I, I was going to make a point, and um, now I kind of almost forgot what it was. But um, sorry. Th- this is this is kind of what they do. Tobacco control. Have you ever seen how they break down the ages? I think we've talked about this before. But this is going to be interesting information if no one's ever heard it before. Break down the ages. Break down the ages for when they're doing their surveys and stuff for tobacco, like for tobacco use and stuff for the kids in school. You know how they have them take the the tobacco, the um, substance abuse surveys. Okay. Okay. So they break it down. It's like um, ages three to five, five to seven, seven to nine, um, 10 to 13. And then like, goes from this amazing jump from 13 to 17 and then like 17 to 22 those are still considered youths to tobacco control so they can make that statement to youths um without it being uh, completely inaccurate because that's how they group everything but that's not technically correct because a minor is 18 years of age i mean under 18 correct generally speaking yeah when 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 i see the term young people i think under the age of 18 when i see the term young adults uh i actually think of between the ages of 16 and 18 okay well Um, you and the rest of the public thinks like that that's not how tobacco control thinks so they can say well this is how what our surveys show and if you never look at the age group breakdown you'll never know you know what I mean? So it gives people the impression that they're actually selling and marketing tobacco to like 14, 15 year old kids when in reality yeah. they aren't, which is a shame because I, I think more, if more people knew that they would be less swayed by the arguments. Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I read this and I, to me, this is just a bald lie and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I can't, um, no, no, it, it's, it's is, just, it it's, is, unca- it, it's, 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 uh, it is a lot. It, it's just, it's, it's, hor- it's horrendous, you know, that the New York Times thinks they can get away with this and they can, um, because again, that you trot out the children and everybody just sort of goes, oh, yeah, we got to save the kids. Um, <laughs> so even if it's at the expense of their parents. Um, so, um, so yeah, and, and, you know, they go on to set this stage of, of, you know, really misrepresenting, the the stakeholders in this fight um they have they have reduced this fight to um a a battle between big business and public health and Mm -hmm. um and that that's just wildly inaccurate Um, and so several several people have have spoken out about this i know that sally satel wrote a piece um i believe in forbes um 
there was an article, I think, in I'm pretty sure the Daily Caller and the Washington Examiner put something out. Um, right. There have been there have been a handful of of responses to this um, editorial from the New York Times. So, awesome. um, and I am sort of holding back. I have a, a rather long open letter that I think we'll be putting out, uh, but I want to see if 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 the editor decides to publish yeah my, well, my very short well, email right and if you don't hear anything within a week i mean you could always put it up on the website i guess oh yeah no that's what that's what the plan is <laughs> excellent excellent yeah so. so that's new york um we can sorry for the aside no but... no it's 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 all relevant and okay. you know it's, it's still yeah. um yeah so mm -hmm. um the next things to be on the lookout for okay are uh i'm sure that people have seen the uh reg watch video floating around announcing that duncan hunter's bill is um fully formed and ready to be introduced mm -hmm. um and I know that uh, there perhaps, obviously I've been kind of buried with stuff this week, but uh, yeah. there are perhaps some more feedback that we need to offer. Um, but uh, it, it sounds like the plan is to introduce this thing next week. Um, okay. I, I want to, it's very important that I preface this by saying the concept here, the idea that this bill addresses is something that we are all supportive of. We mm -hmm. all firmly believe that vapor products should be receiving a, a, their own. They should be defined separately from tobacco products. Sure. Um, they should be regulated separately from tobacco products. Exactly. No one disagrees with that. But there are some some nuances and some 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 details, mm -hmm. um, you know, that that I think need to continue to be worked out. And I think I think most people behind this effort understand that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we need to kind of reemphasize this for the community, for people that are going to hear about this okay. and say, this is the thing that's going to save us. Okay. I, I think, you know, we all need to make a, a coordinated and thoughtful effort to kind of tamp down that enthusiasm a bit, not to lose sight of some of the other options that are a bit more attainable. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, this bill is, I, I, I agree with the sentiment that you've got to start somewhere. Um, I, I think that, you know, introducing this soon, right. I can see, I, I absolutely think it's appropriate to get this going this year mm -hmm. is, is a good idea. Um, right. But introducing this bill next week cannot distract from support for hr 1136 support for the cole bishop amendment which we may sure. or may not find out about the next few days um and um some of the other uh administrative options that we may have in terms right. of you know talking to secretary tom price and urging him to delay implementation mm -hmm. delaying implementation of the, the the regulations is still absolutely necessary mm -hmm. um for the simple yes. fact that what Duncan Hunter is proposing 
may take longer than two years to get through Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, it is in, imperative that we get some sort of relief this year. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, all the big manufacturers that we rely on um, are going to be closing up their shops. So, um, but uh, again, so we can, we can look forward to the Hunter bill coming out either next week or soon. Um, okay. And, uh, and I, I also want to make it clear that um, CASA has been offering input on this bill. Um, but I am, I'm not, you know, we're not coming out and basically signing on as a co-sponsor yet. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, we reserve our right to put our full support behind something, uh, certainly when it's appropriate and when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we're focused on, on two other things and I don't want to, um, I don't want to distract from those efforts. Right. And that would stretch us really thin too. So. It might, it might. Yeah, um, so. But, uh, but also, you know, uh, I, the, the, the spirit here is that there are many irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that we can support some things equally. It's just right now for the next week, mm-hmm. the focus has got to be on changing the predicate date. That's what we have. That is what's most likely to succeed. Um, okay. And, and that, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, that that instills some confidence in mm-hmm. in the industry so that they can stick around. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's very important. Yes. So, um, that is the Duncan Hunter vaping bill. Uh, it has actually a title. Okay. Um, and the title of the bill. Hold on. is the Cigarette Smoking Reduction and Electronic Vapor Alternatives Act of 2017. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. Okay. Um, the other thing that's very interesting that, uh-huh. um, and uh, this is another one of those things where I'm not going to weigh in yay or nay at the moment. Okay. Um, I am actually kind of curious to find out more about this strategy, but um, folks may have heard about a strategy involving Heartland, Wisconsin, and coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a section, a clause, a, I'm not exactly sure what it is. Um, and I, I briefly went through um, the, uh, what is it, the National Environmental, Environmental Policy Act. Of mm-hmm. 1976, mm-hmm. 1970. There's a couple different dates, um, right. and uh, tried to hunt for something that kind of jumped out and screamed, "Oh yeah, this will work." Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's called coordination, and mm-hmm. uh, this has been used in environmental policy, land right. management, um, and and other stuff that is actually relevant to coordinating with local agencies. Um, And it it has been used successfully to overturn some federal regulation, Mm -hmm. Um, but it has never been used for the FDA. Uh, And it's a very interesting argument that um, 
that an agency like the FDA would be required to coordinate with small town America before passing something like the tobacco deeming rule. Um, so I've heard um, somewhat of both sides of this um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm interested to hear more, um, yeah. but uh, I, I don't wanna, I think that people should be approaching this with measured expectations. Um, this is not, I don't see this as being a slam dunk. And um, like I said, I've, I've heard some well, incredible I mean, arguments against it, this as an actual sure, pathway I mean, to success. Sure, but it's it's something to look at. You know, whether or not it's viable, you don't know. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. And, and you know, at this point, uh, you know, we're sort of open to all options. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but uh, I, I think if, if, I, if I could offer anything, it is a bit of a word of caution to anybody out there in that, um, you know, we don't really have all the, all the information on this sure. um, in, in order to make a decision as to whether or not people should be putting their full weight of support behind this. Right. So um, there is a, the hearing, mm -hmm. the, the, the way that this works is that the, um, the local council, the local uh, uh, lawmaking body, city council, whatever, right. they begin by having a hearing and, and declaring that they're going to invoke this coordination law Right. Um, in, in whatever, in regards to whatever piece of federal regulation. Uh, okay. And so that begins this week in Heartland, Wisconsin okay. uh, on the 27th. Okay. What is that, a Thursday? Uh, yeah, this Thursday. Yeah. This mm -hmm. coming Thursday. And I don't know, I don't know what the capabilities are of the Heartland, Wisconsin City Council um, in terms of streaming that live, but... Uh, Anyway, um, it's 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 an interesting proposal, and and I'll be certain to follow that, and hopefully have yeah. some sort of substantive update next Friday. Awesome. <sighs> so, is that it for this evening, Alex? You think? I think so. I think I just made myself sad. <laughs> well, I don't think you should ever be sad because do you know how long I looked at the Tenth Amendment and said. If they go nuclear with the regulations, if we could get city councils and town councils to adopt a 10th amendment, because I've thought about it, you know, what happens if, then you have to go local, right? This is just one option. The 10th amendment is another option. There are actually more options at a local level than there are at a federal level. So, uh, I think it's good to keep an open mind and think about all of them. So I, I don't think you should be sad. I think anything that stops a government overreach, at least in this instance, is a good thing. Yeah, I just don't know um, how much, you know, something applied to the EPA actually works for the FDA. Um, well, I mean... It is a bit different. I mean, you also have to consider, you know, one of the points that, that was brought up in a side conversation was that um, you know, if something like this did work, what other FDA regulations will have to go through this process? What what will this mean for approving drugs? What will this well, what will this yeah. mean for food standards? Mm -hmm. Is is the FDA going to have to coordinate with with 
towns with a population of 5,000 in order to get, uh, you know, a potentially life-saving cancer treatment passed? And, and how many decades will it take to get that through? So yeah. there's, there's, some, there's some kind of um, collateral damage that could happen if this actually think, is feasible. I think there's a whole lot of collateral damage that could happen. There was a lot of collateral damage that was going to happen when now President Trump was on the campaign trail and said he wanted to defund these agencies. Oh, yeah. The yeah. FDA and the EPA. So, I mean, collateral damage was going to happen either way, I think. Yeah. Just it's with the political ship we're sailing on right now. So, yeah. um, you know, um, nothing to get uh, upset about them. Options. It's, it's yeah. another option. Options, learning, these are things that are great. And, um, yes, I and agree. I'm all for it. So <laughs> Me I'm, too. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I will say before I go, and mm -hmm. I know that we've gone way long, um, I did just get a message um, from John Dietz in Pennsylvania that okay. the Bartolotta bill will be heard mm -hmm. in the Finance Committee. I assume that's the Senate Finance Committee nice. um, next week. So this that's is. Awesome. Uh, this is vapor tax reform in Pennsylvania, um, reducing the tax to five cents per milliliter, Excellent. and um, and that's uh, that's necessary. So uh, hopefully we'll be putting out an update about that soon. And that's um, awesome. And yeah, awesome. so now I'm happy again. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right. So yeah, uh, thank you for all you do for us, Alex. And we'll see you again next Friday. I got it awesome. right this time. I didn't say Monday. I did good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. You can catch CASA updates on CASA's website at casa.org. You can get CASA updates at SoundCloud. You can also get CASA updates by going to iTunes and looking for casa.org and importing that into your podcast feeds. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thank you.